This episode of NPTE StudyCast is brought to you by ATI. They're one of the leaders in clinical research within the physical therapy profession with all 900 plus ATI clinics placed in the 100th percentile in CMS's merit-based incentive program for the second straight year. Go to ATIPT.com if you want to join their team and jumpstart your new career. That's ATIPT.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the MPTE StudyCast. I am your host, Dr. Rachel Barisi, and today we're going to be talking about angina. It's more than just chest pain, and it's a very common topic brought up on the MPTE. So let's dive in. Okay, so we're going to hit some major concepts. We're going to talk about pathophysiology just a little bit leading into atherosclerosis. We're going to define angina. We're going to describe angina. We're going to talk about three types of angina, and then we're going to differentiate. And that's really where those questions start to dig in. So the first piece of angina is understanding how it happens, what's the cause, the pathophysiologic process. And the simple answer is atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis is the progressive hardening and narrowing of arteries due to plaque buildup. And this can occur anywhere in the body. When we're talking about angina specifically, we're talking about atherosclerosis in the coronary arteries, CAD. So we have coronary artery disease. That is the beginning process of angina. When we have atherosclerosis built up in our coronary arteries, which are feeding blood to our myocardium, then we're going to experience chest pain or angina, which is the more appropriate term. And we're going to get to why. And the reason why you experience angina is because when we have decreased blood flow to an area, we have decreased oxygen supply. We have decreased supply of oxygen to that myocardium that is working. That is angina. So the whole cause, atherosclerosis in the coronary arteries. When you think of angina, the definition of angina, it is myocardial oxygen demand it's greater than the supply, AKA my body has to do more work, AKA my heart is doing more demand, more oxygen uptake. Because I have atherosclerosis in my coronary arteries, I lack supply. So when the demand is greater than the supply, we have angina. And we have a cool little formula that we can use to help predict myocardial oxygen demand. And that's called RPP, rate pressure product. So RPP is a simple calculation of heart rate times systolic blood pressure. And this is gonna give us a general idea of myocardial oxygen, oxygen demand. And this can be super beneficial in predicting angina levels. When you're working with a patient, assess vitals. You will know where that angina threshold is based on potential bruise protocol type exercises performed before working with physical therapy. So RPP, rate pressure product, is an estimate of myocardial oxygen demand. It can be used to help predict angina while working with patients. So when you're thinking about angina, the reason why I want you to get past the words chest pain is because it doesn't always refer to the chest. So there's some very key words that you're going to hear with angina. First of all is the descriptor words. 
when a patient describes angina, they typically use words like squeezing, fullness, burning, aching, pressure, bursting feeling, and most quintessential statement is, it feels like an elephant is sitting on my chest. If we're using those words while describing pain of any sort, kind of in this area, red flag is waving. Location matters, okay? Mid-sternum is the most obvious. Mid-chest, retrosternal is the most typical classic type of angina, very common in men. That's why it's called chest pain. But angina has many referral patterns, left shoulder, down the inside of the left arm, right arm, both left and right arm, shoulder, neck, throat, jaw, even in the teeth, upper back, mid sternum, like mid thoracic, and in rare situations, the abdomen. So chest pain is sort of an inaccurate term that has been overutilized. When you're thinking about angina, you're thinking about descriptor words, location, and then most importantly, what makes it worse, what aggravates it, and what makes it better, what relieves it. Physical exertion, increase in myocardial oxygen demand should make angina worse. Emotional stress can also make angina worse. Cold, heat, and humidity increases myocardial oxygen demand can make angina worse. And someone who is eating a heavy meal and has very severe CAD might experience chest pain, angina, post-eating. And then what makes it better? The big one is rest. So reverse that formula. Increase in demand is greater than the supply. Well, if we decrease the demand, will that improve it? If the answer is yes, we're really leaning towards angina as a cause. And then nitro, nitroglycerin. If a patient was to take nitro because they have known angina and it improves, then likely angina was the cause. So understanding how it presents, the symptom description is super important. And test questions love this because they can ask it in a number of different ways. But what you wanna keep in your mind is, how did they describe it? Where was it located? What made it better? And what made it worse? You should be good, okay? The one thing I wanna pin out, I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on this. I actually have a podcast specifically related to women's presentation of angina and heart disease. Men and women are very different in this category. Men follow the typical rules, typical classic presentation, typically have mid-sternal pain, or they have the known referral patterns. Women have very atypical signs and symptoms of angina. And the most common symptom that a woman reports when they're having unstable angina, possibly acute coronary syndrome, and MI, is fatigue and indigestion and shortness of air. So they really can present differently. But the key with identifying that is A, knowing that they're atypical, and two, what makes it worse, what makes it better, okay? It's important to understand that there's an angina scale. 
because if your patient is experiencing pain somewhere in this region and they have known history of coronary artery disease, then we should be showing them the angina scale. It's a one to four scale, meaning they have it. They have chest pain. They have angina. They're describing it. Now they're rating it. There is no zero. It's a one to four scale, which increases in severity from one to four. Common test question. If your patient scores even a one out of four on an angina scale while they're working with therapy, automatic stop. This is not a wait and see. Even if they have stable angina, known angina, you should stop, rest, assess, and make sure it does not return. Okay, we'll get into stable and unstable in a second. If your patient has angina on a test question, stop, rest, assess. Okay, so there are three types of angina, stable, unstable, and prinzmetal. Stable angina is known angina, meaning the patient has been diagnosed, they have coronary artery disease, they may have had surgical or medical intervention, they likely have been prescribed nitro, and we know that at a certain level, at a predictable level, they're going to have chest pain. Predictable. That RPP, it's predictable. The same heart rate, same systolic blood pressure, angina is going to come up. So you want to stay off that level when you're working with that patient. But the key is stable angina is predictable. Location, duration, and intensity of the angina is predictable. When it comes on, it relieves with rest and or nitro. Okay. Unstable angina is different. Unstable means we have a change, a change in angina threshold, a change in intensity of said angina. It is now unpredictable. It might be occurring with rest, with less intensity, with less myocardial oxygen demand. It is not relieving with rest. It is not relieving with nitro. This is an immediate medical emergency. Red flag. Calling 911 if you're an outpatient facility, maybe calling a rapid response if you're an inpatient. It's a very important piece of what are you going to do if this happens? It's a very clinical type case question. Your patient has known angina. It typically occurs at this RPP. On this date, the angina comes on the lesser level, presents at rest, whatever it may be. It is a change. It is unpredictable. It is different. It is now an emergency. <clears throat> so pay attention to those key words. And then Prince Metal kind of falls in a separate category, but it's still a type of angina. It's a little bit different in its presentation. It typically occurs at rest. It typically occurs in the morning at the same time when it does. And it's typically in younger patients. It is not associated with myocardial oxygen demand. It is associated with coronary vasospasm. So essentially coronary arteries have constriction, which will cause a decrease in supply and cause pain due to the lack of oxygen. What's different about prinzmetal angina is that, again, it's known. They're typically treated with calcium channel blockers to help prevent these episodes, but they can go about their day and they could potentially exercise at a high level later in said day. So prinzmetal is a little bit of an outlier, but it's still 
important in its presentation because it's very specific. So how do you differentiate angina? They love these types of questions. You have a patient, they're walking on the treadmill, they have sudden onset shoulder pain. What do you do? Stop, rest, assess. Ask specific questions. What are the symptoms? What does it feel like? What are those descriptor words? Where is it located? When you change position, sit down, lean forward, raise your arm, range of motion, take a deep breath, does it get better or worse? The answer should be no. Angina does not change with leaning forward, changing positions, range of motion, or taking a deep breath or coughing. So if you have a yes to any of those, it's leading you somewhere else. If it got worse with cardiovascular exercise, AKA increased myocardial oxygen demand, that's a point towards angina. If it gets better with rest, point for angina. If it gets better with nitro, definite point for angina. So they like to give you a MSK versus angina type question. How can you make it? How can you reproduce it? Palpate, range of motion, change positions, and then if breathing has any effect, not angina, okay? So make sure you have these questions somewhere in that differential category. So when in doubt, stop, rest, and assess. They like these clinical questions. Angina is a good red flag type question. It's checking your safety, checking precautions, giving you keywords. If you hear words like um, increased demand, RPP, exercise makes angina, chest pain, or basically any symptom from eyes down, waist up, you should have a red flag out to start asking other questions. If it gets better with rest, worse with exercise, you're leaning angina. Assess vitals, ask all the right questions, you should be good to go. All right, that's all I have for you. If you have any questions, please reach out to me via text at 913-308-4494. You can send me a message on the Instagrams or on Gmail. I hope you all have a great day and whatever you have to do, get after it.